No, that's really cool. Uh, I know you got to be on the news when you were on the other weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How does that feel, Australian mountain running champion? Uh, It feels pretty good. Um, Like, it's come out of the blue, really, and hasn't, I guess, really sunk in in terms of what it means. It's just for one year, um, to be honest, and... It's yeah, I, I understand that with a title like that, not all the great mountain runners of Australia are there. So uh, it's a bit it feels a bit weird to say Australian mountain running champion, but um, you got you got to be at every you got to be in it to win it, you know. Yeah, um, and I think it's um look, man, I've I'm nowhere near as fast as you, but I've won races before, and I've and I've much smaller races. And I've come, I've had that same logic. And it's like, well, I know that there's people that are a lot faster than me. I mean, there's always going to be someone faster unless mm. you, you know, unless you're Killian, you know, like, yeah. um, but, you know, like you, um, it's okay to claim it, you know, every dog has his day and just, yeah, you're right. It is only for a year, but, you know, for 2023, you are, you're the man. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, um, it's pretty uh, good training ground for you out there. Out at um, you're living in 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 Little Corn. Yeah, yeah, good pronunciation there. I'm I'm too lazy. Yeah. I just call it Corn. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I made the move out to Corn to uh, sort of get the best out of my running and to have a result of the last couple of months where I have competed quite well is is really nice and it's showing that I'm taking some good steps in the right direction. Corn. Uh, yeah. It's, it has a good mixture of flat roads to get some easy like running on and then some nice hills that are short and steep or long and gradual and enough diversity that I never sort of get bored of the one yeah. hill. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, I mean, the, the way this is all, um, this this chat, this podcast that we've organised um, yeah. has coincided because, like, I was, as you know, I was in Corn on the weekend uh, and um, it's – I was just there with family, and so I didn't get a chance to do as much as I wanted to. But I did manage to take the kids up uh, Dutchman's Stern, or or part of it, and yeah, it's so good. I, I, it's the first time I've been around there, and I I was like, oh man, I wish I had a bit more time by myself to get out and get do do a few loops and just check it out a bit more. And um, but yeah, my kids bloody loved it. You know, they were and they they're little mountain goats, and so they we got almost to the top but we didn't have any water and so we turned around oh, <laughs> and um yeah well it was my bad because we didn't we weren't actually going to do a hike or much, yeah. we wouldn't know and then we sort of started going and then we're like oh we're like a couple of k's in and we we're just having fun and then we thought oh maybe we should turn around because it's uh you know we don't want the kids we don't want to get the kids into strife you know with no water but um then as soon as we turned around they just we're just legging it down the hill. It was great. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's um it's a beautiful spot, man. Yeah, yeah Dutchman's is definitely one of my favorite uh loops yeah. to run. Just this perfect gradient to to grind out. And I have a little bit of a 30-minute threshold run there now where I start a bit before the where the trail is and the the view at the top as the reward is is unreal because you're sort of plugging away up this small single track and there's nice trees and yeah cool view back towards corn but like then when you get to the top it drops away and it, and it is that literal dutchman stern of a ship and you get this massive view back towards port augusta and you're just like whoa did not expect that yeah and that as the reward each time you're like yeah this is sick 
That's so good. Yeah, and it's it's nice living in a place where that's just on your doorstep, more or less. You know, like yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I understand. Um, so, well, we might um, I might just do a little introduction here. So yeah. now we've we've warmed up a bit. Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience. My name is Daniel Ferugia. Uh, today, we, our guest is Fraser Darcy. Uh, Fraser is a 28 year old adventurer from the South Australian town of Quorn or Corn, however you like to pronounce it, uh, the unofficial capital of the Flinders Ranges. Now, Fraser has spent the last decade pushing his limits and exploring some of the most beautiful locations in Australia. He's a climber and has climbed um, some um, very iconic peaks and is a a qualified single-pitch guide, I believe. Um, Fraser has a deep love for running and started way back in primary school, like many people, but has evolved into a passion that has now seen him becoming the 2023 Australian Mountain Running Champion. Um, Fraser has won many races in, in recent years, including the Pitchy Ritchie Marathon, the Donna Double at the Warburton Trail Fest, and various Adelaide Trail Runners Summer Trail Series. Definitely a force to be reckoned with on the trails. And anyone who knows him is probably familiar with eating his dust. And I'd like to welcome Fraser to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. That was very, very kind. Um, yeah. Yeah. No worries. Research. <laughs> oh, I've done a little bit. Oh, mate, you have got a vast background. You're, I could have actually probably rambled on for another couple of minutes because you've, you've got a huge background of out, just outdoors, the outdoors lifestyle. You love it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely very fortunate with... Uh, the school I was lucky enough to go to in Adelaide and just there was a progression of, yeah, you did one camp in year eight and then you did another one in year nine and then you got some skills in year 10 and it was just awesome. You got to go all around Australia and then when I finished school, I sort of got to uh, be employed running those trips and that's how I built up a lot of my experience just through following the the little journey there. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, you, you're... Um... I was really amazed um, reading about like your sea kayaking expeditions. You've kayaked across uh, Bass Strait. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was one of the first bigger sort of things I got into. Uh, and just because my teacher at school was a big kayaker and that was his, his thing, he'd done it twice already. And it was sort of the next generation of old scholars that were keen to try it and yeah, it was an awesome experience. Like Tassie is just unreal for outdoor things and getting to paddle yeah. there and, um, was a great, great thing. And like you're spending, if you can spend 10 hours in a boat or 13 hours in a boat or the worst of it, like just paddling, like running becomes super easy after that. Yeah, that's interesting. Why, why do you say that in terms of fitness or just the mental toughness being out on the water and the repetition of it or something? Yeah, just the mental toughness of you're entering when you're like going on a big sea kite crossing you're in your same little cocoon um, but the environment is changing in terms of the waves and the swell and the wind and so that's changing your paddling and then you just have to sit there and grind through it for could be seven hours eight hours nine ten and so you, you get through all your fueling every hour you have a break um, and it's just a grind so then to apply the same mental skills that you learn to get through that on a run where it's like you're running, right? So you're enjoying that a little bit more because it's fun, you're going fast and you might only be doing it for two hours or three hours on a like a marathon. 
um but the road is not changing when like it yeah. changes up and down but like that's the best thing about being on land like the road yeah. doesn't move like the ocean is just so it's unpredictable <laughs> yeah yeah oh, that's wild is it, it to be honest it's it's fucking terrifying to me. It's like, <laughs> and surely do you get scared? Um, no, I never really got scared about the whole, like, you know, you're 30 Ks away from an Island and what if something yeah. happens? Like, I yeah. guess, uh, the whole progression of it, like you, you just get comfortable in that. And that's the, one of the big benefits of being, um, good in the outdoors is when it comes to these big ultras or trail races through the bush, like I feel more comfortable there than I do in the city. Um, yeah, that's, that's like my little secret weapon almost because, yeah, I've spent so much of my time on trails. It's like, yeah, I feel that's where I'm comfortable. Uh, that's, yeah, that's really cool. Wow. What a, it's a great analogy sort of between the two sports. And um, I have no doubt that the kayaking would have definitely been beneficial to your, your development fitness-wise as well because you've got to have the lot, a sort of a whole body strength to like row and to kayak, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, and building that. And I mean, I think when I look at some of the great mountain runners in the world, and look, I'm not don't jump to conclusions too quickly and compare you to like Killian, but <laughs> Killian, Killian uh, Jornet or Jornet, I don't know how to pronounce it to be honest, but um, yeah. everyone, I just say Killian because everyone knows who Killian is. Um, he has like he does a variety of things like with his ski mountaineering and um, rock climbing and and like scrambling and stuff like that. And I guess I can see some parallels in what you do. You know, you've got to you're into your bushwalking and your sailing and the kayaking and your rock climbing. And I don't know, I've probably missed some stuff here, but you know, like, do you think all of that sort of feeds into your running? Yeah, definitely. Because I see the whole uh, environment that we have as access to as humans as like a giant playground, and yeah. just learning the different skills to to utilize all that we have, whether it's rock. Uh, water with the ocean or water in frozen form as a snow and and getting to enjoy it you just transfer the same sort of process of here's the here's the goal whether it's running 40ks or doing a 26 or paddling to an island you know you, you train up you have a 10 week three month sort of training block and do some little trips and then you know review how you're going and then yeah you tick tick your goal at the end and you've got you know the same journey in a way and running it's just like well you know races are the journey whereas sea kayaking you're getting to an island and with rock climbing you're doing uh, little single pitch routes or really big long multis so it's all it's all the same process and once you it's sort of adapt to that process and getting that right well then yeah you just enjoy the diversity that comes with it yeah that's wild uh rock climbing is um something that i've always really enjoyed i mean many years ago um Back in my teens, in my early 20s, I used to do quite a bit of rock climbing on the East Coast and a yep. lot of indoor stuff and um, as well. And just recently I, I, I started, I had another, I got back into it and I was just, I forgot how much I just loved it. I just did, I took my wife to an indoor climbing centre here in Adelaide and um, I just, so a lot of it came back to me quite quickly, uh, except a lot of my upper body strength did not come back to me that quickly you know like but i definitely got hammered in that regard but um technique was yeah just it's so much fun you know the i mean just that was just indoor but i've done a bit of outdoor but um yeah i'm, I'm a huge fan of rock climbing in general um I'm, of course i have to bring him up old mate alex honold and his free solo 
film. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, seen that. What's well, the uh, number one person that comes up when you're working with students and climbing? Yeah. Have you seen Solo? Have you seen Alex Arnold? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's pretty wild. You know, it's um hard not to because I think there's a lot of things about what he the way he approached it. I think I know he's not the most technical climber in in the world, but he's he's good because yeah, I think he's so um. I don't know. It's like endurance. He does almost like endurance climbing, doesn't he? Like um, it's different to some of the, the like Adam Ondra. You're familiar with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah who's I really? See, t- I see what Alex Honnold does with climbing is more of a Tarumra type. You know, very much one with the rock uh, and yeah. just being in total flow, and and that's good to tap into with the the transfer between running and climbing. But the the Adam Ondra side of climbing, uh, yeah. Way up, that's like, yeah, if you can tap into that when you're in a 5k or punching <laughs> a hill, that's yeah, that's it. If people don't know who Adam Andre is, they need to look him up because he is like, he is like this, he's like a sprinter, but he's super technical as well. Like, I know he's technically like, there's probably half a dozen guys or maybe more who are better than Honold technically, yeah. uh, I reckon. And but yeah, he's just definitely got, um. <laughs> A small, no, I don't know. He knows how to to block out the fear factor. You know, at least with ultra running, you're not in a constant state or distance running. You're not in a constant state of you could die if one make one. The worst thing that can happen is you might shit your pants and have a bad race. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but you haven't seemed to have many bad races um, recently. You're, um, yeah. So this, tell me a bit about your recent. Running. I mean, I could you as in your um on your blog you've talked about you've recent you've had more than twenty like wins recently or in the last few years. You know, you just um have become here in Adelaide. Sort of like if you're in the race, there's a very good chance you're going to be on the top of the podium. And I mean, I know that that's hard to, when people start blowing smoke. I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, so to speak. But you know, you, when you're good, you're good, man. Like, and so um like. What's been? Do you feel like you've just taken you've just taken it to the next level, or what's going on with your running? Why? Where's all these? You know, have you always been really good? Or um, is, was, was cross country? I know you started doing cross country. Did you? Were you dominant was, at that? I was always. I was pretty handy in high school. Like I started running um, quite early on in high school, just to copy what my brother, older brother, was doing, and he was doing it for footy preseason training and. So I picked up that from him and, and through high school, there was a few, we used to do the 50K and 100K relays at school. And oh, nice. that was pretty awesome. And so that gave me a bit of a love for endurance running. And then I carried that on through after school, through uni while studying and, and did a few races each year. And it was having like, it was pretty good and like had a few okay results. Uh, and then after uni, I sort of sunk my teeth right into the full outdoor lifestyle and did a few ski seasons and um, just wanted to focus on outdoor trips. And it was running was always really difficult to combine because I'd, I'd get really fit, I'd do a race, and then I would go away on a trip and I would not have the ability to consistently train. And then yeah. through, through COVID, um, when races started to get cancelled, it just became even harder. And I was just like, well, what's the point of doing some training and then having something cancelled? And so I had a year and a bit through COVID where I didn't really run uh, and I climbed full on. And that climbing, that time climbing was awesome because I would always wanted to scratch that itch. And yeah, I really enjoyed 
doing all the different training for climbing that it requires. And I'd never really done that with my running. I'd always just sort of run, run hard after school and run hard on the weekends. And yeah, I thought that was training. Um, but with climbing, I was a lot more scientific and I saw the results came from it. And so yeah. then when I got sick of climbing and sort of got back into running, I just, I entered a race um, in Adelaide just so that I could qualify for the Melrose 50K. Having moved to Corn, I was like, oh, I yeah. should should do the Melrose one. That'll be sick. But I've got to do this one in Belair first to make sure I have a qualifier. And that was January of 20, 2022. And so I did yep. that and I ended up winning that race uh, yep. very fortunately because uh, the guy that was in front, uh, he got lost. So I was pretty <sighs> happy. Um, and that gave me the confidence to enter the next race a month later. And then uh, I started, you know, oh, maybe I should do a bit more like actual intervals and, and be really diligent with my training and see how that goes. And yeah, then I just kept sort of wanting to compete against better runners. And so I kept entering more races to keep pushing myself to sort of see, oh, how, how fit can I get if I train well and I just saw last year as a really good opportunity to to do as many races as I could after having not raced for a year or two. Uh, and then when I started to build a lot of race wins together, it was, yeah, pretty pleasing. And I started to get that confidence. And when you get confidence, obviously things improve again. So I've carried that into this year. And I have had a few bad races where I look back on, but um, they're the ones where you learn the most. And- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's wild. Um, to, that's really cool. The, uh, to quote your, there's a you you, grow, you do some great things on your blog. Um, the, one of your most one of your more recent posts, training adaptations, horses for courses. You mm. um, you talk, you know, like I really like how um, sort of transparent you are with the, with your training and and sort of a bit of an approach. And I um, because there's a point there, point number two on that. You you where you talked about um how the running community is really focused on hitting sort of the right numbers in training and you know weekly mileage heart rate at aerobic threshold and you know 400 meter reps at at 70 seconds or whatever you know like i think that's and i am a, a running coach and so that's something that i do i live in that world you know what i mean like in terms of my day to day and um but i really like what you yeah um we do get too fixated on the numbers sometimes. Like it's sometimes it's, it, you can't, you sort of can't quantify the, um, the, how, the feel sometimes. Cause I think that's more important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah I really like uh, transferring what I learned from climbing where you have the visualization of the route and it doesn't like, so many climbers that uh, train really hard on their hangboards and at home with, you know, all this weight, like they're the same as the, you know, people that are just running their 400 meter reps at 70 seconds and they think they're all fancy and good and that's great. But when it comes to racing, you've got to execute the race as a, as a A to B thing and feel the race over the hills and, and understand where you are on the route. And that's what I really enjoy trying to execute that race. I'm not so concerned with pace when it comes to a race. And that's why I love racing because it is literally like, yeah, get there as quick as you can and, and try not to worry about who who's around you, who's in front of you. Um, just yeah, make sure that when you get to the end, you're as close to dead as possible. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And I think you, um, 
you achieved that goal at your last race, didn't you? At the uh, <laughs> mountain, you you got to the finish line pretty much dead. Yeah, I was I was cooked. I thought I'd gone a bit too hard too early. Um, yeah, but that's awesome and to to ride the line like that and like that to have that experience and to get that from being pushed from the competition I had around me that day uh, was really cool and and gives you a taste for wanting more definitely. Yeah, look, I encourage anyone to read that your little blog about that it got me really pumped up when i read it i was like yeah fuck yeah i like this <laughs> you know it's because it's sort of like it it was sort of i would you had a you you're quite a good writer and i i really i love i love a good race report and you sort of had i not known the outcome i would have been even more on my on the edge when i was reading it i thought you know i was like oh shit is he gonna die are they gonna get him <laughs> yeah. but, um, so but tell yeah tell us a little bit more about that that race, the the Australian Mountain Running Championship race in uh, Orange. When was it? A couple of weeks ago. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago now. Yeah. Um, to, to best give you this background to it, uh, it was maybe end of January. I was working at the pool one day, and I got a text message from Steve Brennan, who's former guest on this podcast. And Correct. I didn't I yep. didn't know who he was at the time, and he just dropped me a message saying. Hey, Seen, seen you got some good results you should uh, have a look at some races give me a call and so I did and he said oh you, you know you should have a look at the Donna double and then this race in orange and, and maybe put your hand up for the world mountain champs and at the time I was like mm, yeah like that's that's definitely on my radar for maybe a couple of years away but I'm not sure if I'm quite fit enough this year and I sort of sat with it for a day or two and then I looked up the race and I looked up the results and I'm quite, I love researching the stats of a race and I looked up a few runners who had done the Donna double and I thought, oh yeah, I recognize a few names and I think I wouldn't die. Like I wouldn't come out of the top 10. And then the same with the, the great mountain, great volcanic challenge in orange. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Saw the saw the stats and yeah, Martin Dent and Tom DeCanto had been there a couple of times, so I thought, I hope they don't rock up. Like <laughs> marathoners. Yeah. But then some of the years there's, you know, the winner does it in forty eight or fifty, but then the tenth person does it in an hour and ten. Like there's just a big, big drop off. And uh I thought, oh, I'll I'll give it a shot. Like if it's the Australian championships, um, it'll be good to know where I sit this year so that I can further my training for maybe next year or the year after and just use this as a bit of a fact-finding mission and go and get my ass handed to me is kind of what I really thought would happen. Nothing um, to lose, everything yeah, to gain. Yeah, just had no, yeah. Ex- no expectation. I hadn't been on a plane in a, in a year or so, so going yeah. to Melbourne for a trip was was exciting. And and the Melbourne, the Melbourne race went well. Uh, I won that. And so then I was like, oh, maybe... That's- Against some very good runners, I might add. Another guest on this podcast, I think, was Nathan Pierce. Was he in that race? Yeah, he was. Yeah, I'd been yeah. told to watch out for him. Um, yeah. And I did, yeah. but... Um, Legend. Yeah, so, uh, that was good, but um, that gave me a bit more confidence and also I thought I'd blow my, blow my like, undercoverness going into orange, but... <laughs> Dark horse. Yeah, but I like luckily there was no one from that race in Melbourne racing in, in New South Wales and uh it was really cool to to go over to Sydney and yeah, I'd never been to Orange and I really liked driving out there. It it reminded me a lot, like it's four hours out of Sydney and Quorn is four hours north Adelaide. So 
Yeah, um, Orange is nice. Yeah. Yeah. And and driving driving through Bathurst really got me psyched as well because I was Mount I could see Mount Panorama and I'm not a rev head, but like yeah. it's just cool to be like in a new part of the country and yeah. yeah. And then got into the race and yeah, the the rest was kind of just just sort of went ham from the start and um <laughs> just paid the price for it, but got there in the end. But you held on and I mean as you say, like there's a because yeah, I think you got the win by about ten seconds. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, something pretty close. Probably the closest, um, the closest race you had in some time. But I think it's good for you to have a bit of a, you know, a close scrape, so to speak. But um, yeah, that's what a like, and that is is that it finishes up high, doesn't it? Like that one. Yeah, about fifteen hundred meters, and that yeah. was I didn't really consider that. And when the race director said at the start, like, "I'll oh, beware of the like the thin mountain air." I was like, oh yeah, it's kind of it's kind of high, but it's not super high. Like, I've worked ski seasons and I didn't really feel like I was in elevation, but definitely through the race when I was cooking, I was like, maybe it's the elevation. Oh man, the altitude's got to me. And this is like thirteen hundred meters, so I don't definitely. know. Definitely, yeah. It was, it was really cool having a tight race because often the races I'm doing in Adelaide, um, you got I'm, twenty minutes, man. Yeah. <laughs> um so it was sick to be coming down because there's a couple of out and back sections on the on the race and coming down the mountain and seeing like a trail of like big dog runners just coming back up and you're just like holy crap like this is on you feel like you're in a tv show and uh that that definitely pushes you on and pushes me on to the to get the most out of myself because i just didn't want to be caught um so, that yeah. feeling that yeah. feeling of being chased is pretty terrifying though isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. i often think i used to used to work in a school camp where we would have uh running as a large component of it and it get, definitely gave me my grounding in, in running but often i'd say to the students you think you're running your fastest but if i was to put a gun to your head and <laughs> run a little bit quicker and i often think about that and it's uh like yeah. From the uh, the Fight Club scene where he takes the yes. 7-Eleven guy out the back and he says, Raymond, like, what did you want to be? And he's you know, about to shoot him. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely going through my head when I'm trying to get deep in the pain cave. That's that's really cool. It's, I mean, it's dark. It's probably not the – I mean, you're <laughs> teaching now. It's a dark teaching method, methodology. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate it. It's probably not condoned in many schools. But um, I hear that type of stuff, though. <laughs> <laughs> no. I absolutely not. You mean that I, I actually call that pace that I call it being chased by dogs pace. You yeah. know, like if you're being chased by wild dogs, how fast are you really going to run? You know? Yeah. And, but then, I mean, it's, yeah, that's a really cool analogy. You love your film references. I notice in your, uh, in your, in your blog. Cause I, yeah. Do, yeah. I, I treat my, my uh, movies like almost like the Bible. Um, you know how, yeah who are religious love to uh, really enjoy referring to certain verses to sort of as motivation. And I've got yeah. like a library that is definitely, that's, that's my little Bible. That's cool. Um, do you have a favorite uh, running movie that motivates you or it's something that G's you up before a big race? A Knight's Tale definitely G's me up. It's not running related. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just really enjoy the mixture of the soundtrack. It's got a um, couple of Queen songs and there's a David Bowie song in there uh yeah. guy gets the girl like it's all very all very good underdog story Heath Ledger and, yeah I haven't seen that for a very long time I have to give it another go I did read that one and you know like just that yeah so now you're like because I know it's a, his 
he doesn't come from nobility and he wants to be a knight. That's mm. correct, isn't it? And so you're you you here you are, small country boy. I know you're not originally from Corn, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and now you're on the you you went you made good at the big dance. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. now and now you're gonna get on an airplane and you're heading over to um to Austria to to yeah. run in um against I was going to say you get to rub shoulders with the best in the world, but let's say this: they, the best in the world, you know, they get to rub shoulders with you. Yeah. You know, so that's yeah. No, World Mountain Running Championships in um, it's going to be in Innsbruck, in Austria, is in Stubai. Um, yeah, it's a pretty wild looking place. It's on the edge of the Dolomites, isn't it? And so, mm. yeah, you've got a, you've got a um, bit of. So yeah, like there's a, the, now you got to. I imagine that's the, fo- the focus of the next couple of months. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely uh, gearing all my training towards that, and uh, I'm pretty psyched. Like looking at the race course, it's definitely going to be a, a very good test of every runner that enters, and yeah, it's just going to be an awesome experience to compete with people from all around the world and and, and compete as. Uh, an Australian team athlete, that'll be cool to meet all the other athletes and sort of push everyone on to a good result. You've got, um, yeah, I mean, you you get to wear the green and gold, you know, that'd be pretty exciting. It's like every kid's um, dream, you know, like, yeah. uh, so, you know, I remember growing up, watch like dreaming of like running into like the Olympic stadium at the end of a marathon or something, you know, like there's that kind of, that is that level, man. You know, it's pretty, I'm very, very, um, um, I'm proud that I get to speak to someone who's doing that and that I, you know, that I've, I'd say I've raced with you. I've raced behind you, like well behind you, but I have raced with you. <laughs> um, so you're, there's four different um, disciplines at the Worlds and you've got, so you've got the vertical K, the, tra- the short trail. So vertical K is obviously 1,000 metres. Um, the short trail, which is 1,000 metres vertical gain, sorry, over about six or seven Ks, if I'm, yeah, 7.3 kilometres. Then you've got the short trail. This is for the listeners. Um, so 45 Ks, give or take. And that is, we're looking at um, uh, t- how many? Three and a half thousand. Yeah, you've actually got more um, elevation. You've, uh, you've got, yeah, more elevation than you have. Oh, no, you've got 2,700 metres of descent, which is not nowhere near as much so about 400 meter differential there and then you've got the the long course which is 85 is it um yeah nearly 86 with six thousand or five and a half thousand meters that's bonkers and then there's the classic which is um seven and a half k's and it's just a, a basically a sprint up and down the mountain um so you now i know this on good authority that you being the the winner of the race in orange you basically got offered any distance, essentially, didn't you? Yeah, reading the selection policy to the letter, I got automatic qualification for the Mountain Classic, which is the 13.7K mm. up-down up, race, essentially. Um, but yeah. when I sort of first thought about World Champs, you know, five years ago, about, like, how cool would it be to, to race at the World Trail Running Champs, the, the trail short was always the one I'd eyed off, but there's no automatic qualifier for that. So yeah. I knew entering the Australian mountain running champs and combining that with my other results would give me a shot of putting my hand up for the short trail, which is probably where I'm, I'd like to think I'm stronger compared to 
the other athletes. I just don't have, I've never raced at that top end 5K, 10K track speed that you probably need to be competitive in the Mountain Classic at World Champs. Yeah, I, I think you're going to be getting like your 13-minute um, and sub-14-minute 5K runners in the Mountain Classic. In the So, I mean, and you, you run a, a pretty solid 16-ish, don't you, for 5K? Uh, yeah, I've just been, I've worked on it this, the start of this year and I've done, uh, oh, like a 15, 10 estimated ah. best off a, off a, like a uh, park stampede 5k loop, but then like, that's just like on road. I was on a windy night and no other yeah. pace. So I'd be interested to see what I could do on the track, but, um, yeah, I'm definitely not, not 13 minute guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's, and I mean, you've got like, I mean, you're up against a lot of the African nations will be there and, you know, they're wildly fast over those distances. Um, but, I mean, so you're going to go up, you've opted for the short, the trail short option. Is that right? Yeah, because I just like that sort of style of, of running, of that 40K, 40, it's 45K, but it's close to the marathon distance and it's, you know, point to point course. You're running from Innsbruck to, to Neustift in Dubai and, and yeah. going through the Alps, uh, that just seems like the most epic part of the thing. And, and like 85Ks is probably cool as well, but uh, it's a bit too long for me mentally at this stage. And yeah. 5Ks is like the ultimate sweet spot. And yeah, I'm, it's also a value thing, right? Like I'm following in Austria. I don't want to be just racing exactly. an hour. Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's probably a smart move, I think. Um, yeah, if you're going to go the other side of the world and it's at big expense, which I want to talk about in a second. But, um, yeah, so what's the plan going forward with the training? Like, what, have you got a bit of a, a, a plan mapped out and how you're going to train for it? I mean, you are going to be running up to 2,500 metres above sea level, so the altitude will definitely be a factor, I think, uh, but even though it's not for the entire race and the highest point is near the end of the race. Mm, I've I've done sort of a bit of a plan and based it on I like training both as a marathoner sort of 160k a week with your your Tuesday Thursday Saturday sessions and then a Wednesday Sunday long run and then just making some of those sessions all sort of around elevation um, I'll yeah. be doing a fair bit of that but also making sure that I am working on a lot some a few steeper hills um as well that well you're not as much running but you, you're getting that pounding when you're coming down them and getting that explosiveness as you come up because i think trying to get a weekly elevation gain uh per week of somewhere around two and a half to three thousand which is what i'll cover in yep. the race that that's kind of the goal uh, yeah but and- I, yeah i can't do too much more than that i don't think uh, without losing a lot of money and my job I mean, I just fly over to somewhere like uh, like the Alps and live there for two months and like totally like train at you know two and a half thousand meters. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, you have you guys are sort of like trailblazers in that you have to do this, um, you know, like the amateur athletes of the back in the day of the Olympics before they allowed professional athletes in. Whereas, I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but it's all self funded, of course, and so it's at huge expense to you athletes. And this is thing that it sort of gets my, um, it sort of annoys me. And I'm really would love to see the day when athletics Australia come on board and start funding a bit more for the trail running community 
because there are some incredible athletes. And sometimes like a, a pure 5K runner, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily transfer, doesn't mean they're necessarily the best runner for the, on the, um, the, the trails or running uphill because I'm, I'm a little guy, right? And but I, so I know I've got a good power to weight ratio running up hills. And there's guys who I know are much faster than me on the flat, but then you put me on a hill and I can outrun them, you know? So it's just, and I feel like that's you to a certain degree, you know, you, you know, your, your strength is, you know, like you're already fast, but I think you'd be, you're faster on the hills and the trails than the average person of a, you know, does that, am I making sense there? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I talking yeah. to Riley Cox the other week, who's one of South Australia's top uh, 5K to marathon runners, has been for a while. Yeah, um, behind runners one, and he, you know, he he's like, man, I should get into trail running, but he's also it was also you know saying how it's impressive that how much we handle the downhills really well, and I think that's often the case with road yeah. runners switching over to trails. Is that the technical downhills and the ability to to smash that is what holds a lot of them back, or where they need to spend the most time in? And yeah, maybe yeah. one day uh, in the future, if, if uh, Athletics Australia uh, see a few good results, maybe from this year's uh, competition, then they maybe yeah. they can come around and, and start supporting. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm gonna with my podcast with this podcast. I really want to profile as many of the Australian mountain running team as possible. So I am going to be chasing all of you, you know, everyone who's listening, if you're on the team, I'm going to come for you to talk to you because I know I want to try and amplify the, every single person who's on the team. I've already, one of the athletes that I coach, Danielle Vanderhill, who is another South Australian, she's on the, she's made the team as well. And, um, and so that's really exciting for her. And she's, a, she's a, a country kid and, you know, just like, it's just, yeah, it'd be really, I think, because, you know, she's still got to work full time as well. And, and she's got two kids and she manages to make it work. And so, um, you know, it's just interesting the way, you know, but on track, you know, if you're, if you're a track runner and, you know, you make it to the Olympics, every aspect, I mean, I know this is not the Olympics, but it's like, it's the closest thing to the Olympics for, for mountain and trail running, you know? Um, so, yeah. I think, um, yeah, hopefully are you planning on doing some fundraising or are you just going to fork out of your own um, pocket? Uh, I would love to do some fundraising and love to do some, you know, get some sponsorship from um, maybe the local council. But there's also a part of me that knows that doing all that is, is extra work and extra stress and I want to yeah. focus on my training. That's the number one priority. Um yeah, and I've got, I've got, you know, I've got a job that can pay for my trip, and it's, it's my hobby, and yeah. so I understand that. But uh, look, if if that sort of stuff did come about from from other people, then yeah, I'd be um, pretty keen because it, it would make my life easier. But at yeah, the end of the day, um, I'm I'm trying to make sure that I focus on my training, and I don't want to bring on any extra stress from having a, a creator Instagram profile. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Look, I think that there's sponsors out there who would be bloody mad not to get on board um, because, you know, you're, you're going to be out there representing in the green and gold. And then so, you know, whether you, I mean, I, yeah. So come on, come at him, sponsors. Mm-hmm. Just give him, you know, a couple of pairs of shoes wouldn't go astray if nothing else. I, I, um, I have got free shoes from uh, Tarkine and some help from Snowy's in the last 12 months. 
Ah, uh, oh, there you go. Snowy, yeah, tar- tar- yeah, beautiful. Tarkine yeah. have been really kind to me, giving me singlets and shoes. Um, and Snowy's were, were providing some race entries for me for the last 12 months. But the, the big ticket item for a lot of us, um, you know, just doing the sums to get over to world champs is uh, you throw in an airfare and then you throw in some accommodation. Yeah. The event starting to sort of get your bearings in the event. And there's, you know, three to four grand just bang, like dropped right there. Um yeah, it's yeah, understandable. But I guess like yeah, wow. So, but well, that's I mean, it's good that you've got Snowies and Tarkine on board. What are their shoes like? I mean, obviously you're going to say they're great, but I mean, tell me a little bit about their shoes. Like, this is a chance to give them a plug. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to the boys, Sam and Ross. Um, yeah, I send them occasional emails as the guy from Corn. You know, keeping them in, informed. Um, yeah, they look great. Their shoes. I'll be honest. I, I, yeah. I um, yeah. I've only they've I've only been wearing their their road running, but they've got a trail shoe coming out, and they're really just you know straight out of the box, pretty comfy, and just no no frills. Like I just I do a fair bit of K's in them, uh, and I don't seem to have to change them over. And like the all black pair is casual enough to wear to the pub as well, which is pretty cool. Very uh, important, yeah. Yeah, Been- they they just like I used to break through all my Salomon shoes um around the the toe like whether you you know your little toe is on that outer side but i never, I... never had an issue with these tarkons and i can't seem to run them into the ground oh that's good yeah so, yeah i kind of which is yeah it's good for me because i can train in them heaps uh they just get quite thin after a while um and so when i put a fresh pair on i go oh that's what a fresh shoe is meant to feel like so uh, that's that, yeah, yeah and um, that's really cool, and I suppose you're you, you're running them hard because you're running in some pretty rocky terrain out there on the, in the Flinders Ranges. Like it's 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 wild country, you know. For anyone who's been out there, there's a lot of rocks to kick and a lot of ways to destroy shoes, you know. So that's that's yeah, it's good. Oh, we'll have to check out some Tarkine. We can throw in some links in my in the um uh, in my show notes for this episode, and people can have check them out. And so. I think that's that's really cool. And Snowies, you know, all Adelaide-based people know Snow Snowies. Um, they they got a bit of everything, haven't they? So that's yeah. yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I tell you what, your race. I'm just looking at the elevation profile. You have a a massive descent to the finish, you know, like, and it looks quite steep. You're gonna those those quads are gonna be exploding. I don't know. It's probably about six or seven k's from the, the highest point down to the finish and just directly downhill. So I guess that's the real test, isn't it? If you can get to there in one piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be doing a fair bit of uh, work with some weights, trying, trying to build that muscular endurance. And yeah. Step ups and, and squat type exercises after like a downhill run because, yeah, it can just be a little bit too hard um with some of the like we don't have 10k downhill elevation uh descent no. in, in south australia and we'd have to go to falls creek or something to get that yeah but having skied a couple of seasons uh, as a telemark skier where you are just lunging constantly as you as you ski down the mountain i know the feeling of of what it has to have your quads like completely blow up so i'll just be yeah. chasing that in my shed just squatting till i die yeah I think um and as a as an older runner be, being 43 and and just and and as a coach I I don't like giving unsolicited advice to people 
who are much better runners than me and whatnot. But my only other, I mean, I think it's great, a great approach. You want to get those legs. I think your main goal between now and then is to keep yourself injury free and healthy and not because a lot of people go big race, got to do more than I've ever done before and destroy myself. And so, yeah, stay healthy is what I would say. Stay, stay fit and stay injury free. That's the, the biggest things, isn't it? Like it's really, it's a fine, you're on it. You really, it's a knife's edge, isn't it, mate? Yeah. Yeah. And, and thank you. Like I'll be backing up the racing a bit over the next two months. Yeah. Won't be entering a few. I might do a half marathon in McLaren Vale to get one more big hit out. But uh, apart from that, it'll just be, yeah, because it's always going to be in the back of my mind from now until June of, you know, just don't cook yourself on a downhill or don't cook yourself just by pounding flat Ks out and, and get sore legs or, yeah. What do you, um? yeah, right. So actually the McLaren Vale run, I know the race you're talking about, I will be there. I'm running yeah. the half marathon as well. So I'll I'll have to catch up, and you'll you'll be reco- long recovered by the time I finish. I'll be I dare say about twenty minutes behind you, um, because I I'll I'll be happy if I do like a one twenty eight, you know. So, but um, yeah, so that's really cool. That it's good that you do those sorts of races too, because a half marathon's a nice distance, isn't it? Like because you, you 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 can go hard, but not it doesn't take you like a week to recover, you know, like yeah, a marathon. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be some good crew, uh, some good track runners, road runners chasing some big money in that race. So one might hang on to it, hang on to the uh, the front group and just go until I can. Yeah, you pulled like a one oh nine at the Clare one, didn't you? Yeah, and that was my first time doing a half, and I was pretty cooked after a week of climbing at Mount Rapalies. So that's great um, yeah go under to go on under 70 minutes in your first half is good so what i guess if you um i think and i know from uh claire you've got you're running on that like it's sort of gravelly and it's not like the most ideal course to run a great time on i reckon you lost you, you know like i've run on there before and um so maybe i think the mclaren one you might be able to shave a bit of time off that one it's yeah. um yeah, that's that's wild. But it's good that they're offering up some decent prize money at the McLaren Vale one, isn't it? Like, yeah, we we there's some good runners around in South Australia. You probably get the the Cox brothers smashing out like sub sixty five. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's and that's what I'm pretty sure they're I mean, there's a couple of other guys, but that's you know, you said you talk about Claire as a trick, not a super fast course. It's you know still pretty straight and narrow, like it's a good yeah, finish uh, but that's kind of also what i like planning is you know if you can have your first hit out at claire and then oh the race gets easier in mclaren but like it's on a road like oh this is going to be yeah. like like that's going to be a little bit easier and then you know i'm not going to be camping at mount rapley's the week beforehand like because i'm making my yeah. life already a little bit easier and i just have to go out and now that i've actually done my first half marathon i know i can like i was talking about before i can visualize the race a bit better and know what it's like to feel throughout the whole a to b section of a half marathon yeah they hurt don't they they bloody hurt (laughs) they're like i love it because it is just it's i feel like it's just like you, you run it almost like a 10k you know, like it's just it's right on the edge of pain from the beginning. I do anyway, and uh, yeah, it's it's a good distance. So, but um, have you got uh, are you running at the Five Peaks? Uh, it's which is here in in South Australia in Adelaide this weekend. I was maybe going to, but I don't think I am. I'm coming back for an engagement 
lunch on the same day. And oh, right. I think I'll just try and fit in a long run a bit beforehand to uh, control my effort a bit more rather than getting psyched on the race. And yeah, so yeah. I'll miss this year, but it's one of my favorite races because I, any race that finishes in Belair, it feels rude not to run. And uh, that's yeah. like original home ground. So yeah, and it's a pretty, pretty epic course, I think, like that and going the other way with Eurobilla. Like it's sort of like you've got, it's just such a great mixture of, of um, surfaces, you know, road. You've got to be sort of a bit of a jack of all trades to run that course, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, no, that's, that's really good, man. Well, it sounds like you're absolutely uh, on fire at the moment. So I'm um, really keen, as I said, I'm going to try and chase all the other people on the Australian team to come and have a chat because I think this is the thing that's really wild about the mountain running and trail running championships is they have a, a really good live stream. Like last year, it was an excellent live stream. So this is definitely something that I'm going to be following in great detail because I, I, I think it is the, the closest thing to the Olympic Games that we've got, except for maybe like UTMB. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so we'll have to, we'll, I'll definitely be watching you closely and really I've got, you know, I think the whole South Australian community will be getting behind you um, because, you know, you're, repping the whole state mate you and danielle it's, <laughs> it's really yeah good. and i don't take that lightly like i i'm yeah. only where i'm at with my running because of people like trail running sa community people to who volunteer their time to organize races so that people like danny and i can come and race and and we can you know, live our best life and that wouldn't happen without people uh, I imagine working late hours after their job, you know, trying to organise a race. So, yeah, I, I don't take it lightly that um, I'm a product yeah. of the, the, the South Australian running community. Um, and that earlier point about, you know, you doing your best to, to get all the Australian members on, like that, that's, that's I think, a, a really important thing as well, not only because I'll be listening to the episodes to try and work out uh, who my teammates are, but also yeah. to continue to build the profile uh, and try and educate as many people as possible about how good trail running is as a sport yeah that's excellent look one more big question for you and um well and then we'll wrap them up but the um where like where do you see yourself in like five years in your running career like what do you what are your big what's your five-year goal if i was being quite optimistic i would be back at the world championships uh contending i think this year going with no expectations, work it out a bit because it's all come on a bit quick in terms of I wasn't really expecting this, you know, yeah. to be going to Austria in the middle of the year. And so if in five years' time I've sort of got a bit more race experience overseas, there's some really cool overseas races that I'd be interested in doing and you know, something that's on the Golden Trail World Series. Yeah. Um, that would be cool. And then a few, like a good couple of marathons. I really enjoy the the marathon distance and the whole aura behind the marathon, the story about fighter Petey. So if I could yeah. nail a couple of those and yeah. then third, just- sort of continue just being, a, um, uh, I guess, someone that other people can, uh, you know, look at and go, look, he he has a job, he runs, he, he does pretty well. Um, I can do that too. So. Yeah, that's great, man. Do you ever see yourself running longer? Like as in like for going for stepping up to 100K, 100 mile, anything like that? Maybe when you get older? 
Yeah, when I, I think when I get bored of running or when I lose the ability to run fast, definitely uh, I got right into trail running because of Born to Run as well. So like yeah. doing Western States and also the Alpine Challenge 100 mile just because of my time spent skiing around Falls Creek would be the ultimate. Like if I finish those two races and I'd be pretty happy with my running, I think I could retire happily. But there's always yeah. a lot to get in between there to get up to the 100-mile stage. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that journey, but that's when yeah. I'm running fast. I think you're very wise to uh, use your speed while you got it. And, I mean, yeah. you're not going like, to lose much. If you keep healthy for the next decade or more, you're not going to lose a great deal. It's very marginal, the losses, um, as you get older. Like, I'm running, I would say, just as – I'm probably better now than I was 10 years ago. Uh, across many of my distances, I do notice a drop in my sort of um, like real fast run running, like my top end speed. But I'm still it's pretty small. Which I mean, I never had the the um, the full on like rocket booster speed that guys like you have. But you know, it's so there is there is hope for you. And I think it is wise though to use that while while you're young and got the the um, speed, just utilize it and go hard, and then. Yeah, and you'll still be you'll still be at the front of the pack when you're running 100 k and 100 mile races. I'm sure, mate. And uh, just but just keep loving it. Like it's a pretty good sport. I'm not sick of it yet, and I've been doing it for ages. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's good to hear. Because yeah, I don't want to be too yeah. sick of it. When I'm 40, 50. I want to still be enjoying it. And yeah, yeah. And part of the community. There's so many different ways to um, to enjoy it, but um, it's yeah, it's wicked. Well, I will uh, definitely be seeing you around the track. If if nothing else, I'll see you down there at McLaren Vale. But um, we will farewell you from the podcast here and wish you like the best of luck for the next couple of months of training. And not that you need luck, you just need just. But I wish you like good good health. <laughs> and um, yeah, go hard, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks, uh, thanks for everyone listening in. And yeah, more than happy to uh, chat more about running if if uh, people want to get in touch after the podcast or you know head over to my blog and read a bit more of my stuff. Definitely, I highly recommend the blog. It's it's uh, entertaining and very informative, and there's a lot of things I wanted to touch on which we didn't get around to. But um, maybe another that can be for another episode one day. <laughs> Good. Cheers, mate.